and then I was like, right, uh, this is going to be hot. this is going to be bad. And then so I got me working and all that, and then I came back up and I was like, I've done it, I've done it. I pulled in on a massive closeout, like I've survived. But then, <laughs> of course, there was another one right behind it, and I was just right on the bowl, and it it probably broke about twenty feet away from us, like a wave just equally as big. And then. We've normally got like jet ski cover in the water, but the ski never had time to come in and get it and get it out before the next wave hits. So there's no duck diving on waves like that. So I was like, so basically I just got ran over by the next wave that was like another 50 or 24. Hello and welcome to the UK Surf Show. We are your hosts. I'm Pete. And I'm Leighton. On this episode, we speak to Sandy Kerr, who is north court team rider and also big wave surfer yeah and ambassador for finister really nice guy really fun chat with him talks a lot about surfing up in the northeast of england where it's super cold yes the north sea he must be hardy yes (laughs) 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 must be hardy yeah but yeah, lovely guy, super cool, really chilled and relaxed. Travelled around a lot surfing. Yeah, surf, surfed in Ireland, surfed in Hawaii, surfed in... New Zealand. Bali, everywhere. As he says on this, you know, his job allows him to work for seven to ten months of the year and then the rest of the year over the winter go off travelling, surfing, living the dream. Yes, not jealous at all. No, no, not at all, you know. <laughs> so before we get into this show... Don't forget to head over to Northcore and use the new code, which is SS Podcast. That is SS Podcast, and that will get you fifteen percent off anything you order from Northcore. We also have another discount code for a limited time only, uh, for the months of March and April, and that is the Hexi Traction Pads by RS Pro. If you go over to their website, type in the discount code, the UK Surf Show. With no spaces and all uppercase, you'll receive 15% off Hexi Traction for your board. So, if you were to just acquired a nice new surfboard... Ooh, yes. <laughs> we could use them on our new longboards, which would be yeah, nice, wouldn't it? That would be nice. You know, no need for wax ever again on there. But no. I kind of like wax. I like the smell of wax. I like the feel of wax. But, yeah. You know, you know, We're contemplating, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, it's an option. But I know there's a lot of people out there that use them and a lot of people out there that want to try them. So that's another discount for you, 15% off if you want to use it. So, Sandy. Let's jump in. So I'm Sandy Kerr. I'm a surfer from the northeast of England, just outside Newcastle, a town called Tymouth to be precise. And I'm a sponsored rider for Northcore and Finisterre. And I think that about covers it. That about covers it. Yeah. You're a surfer. You're not not just a standard surfer. I mean, I've seen videos of you surfing and I've seen pictures of you surfing. And you're not like a standard surfer like... Like we're standard surf. We're below standard surfers. <laughs> <laughs> have listened to a few of your podcasts. I would love to see you surf after some of your uh, some of your stories of you lot surfing. It might be entertaining. Oh, honestly, it, it's shitter in real life than it is in the story. <laughs> oh, brilliant! <laughs> yeah, but some yeah. of the waves that you're riding. Well, you, I suppose you're like a big wave surfer then really aren't you yeah I, yeah i guess you could say that obviously in comparison to some of the big big wave guys it's pretty small fish i reckon but for probably like the uk and ireland i do try and put myself out there a fair bit pretty lucky in the northeast uh although it does go flat a lot of the time but when we do get waves it is kind of a lot of the waves that we have are waves of consequence so it's a pretty good training ground for a 
anything else that you'll get into. It's nice and warm up there as well all the time, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's brilliant. Uh, but board shorts only. <laughs> it's, uh, I know Northerners, and that wouldn't surprise me actually at all. Uh, honestly, if, if I go against the green and anything, I go against the green for the stereotype of Northerners being hard and the cold. Um, I hate it, mate. I've got to have like a dry wetsuit every time I'm getting out into my dry robe. I'm staying warm every time, mate. Taking those chances. Oh, yeah, that's that's what you need, though, isn't it? So, yeah, what, did you uh, did you grow up surfing, or when did you start surfing? Actually, my dad actually opened the first surf shop up in the northeast, called Sandy Surf Shop, a long time ago when I was probably about one or two. So, I kind of grew up in the scene, but as you can imagine, in the early nineties, there wasn't much call for a surf shop in the northeast. So, my dad's surf shop <laughs> shut down pretty soon. <laughs> obviously from then we did we did meet a lot of the surfers and stuff like that and then uh, after that or like during that whole time my parents did have a little cafe on the beach so I kind of was immersed in the surf scene from a very early age but I didn't I didn't properly get into it like I used to surf in the summer and stuff like that I didn't properly get into it until I was about 15 or so pretty late comer you could say but uh yeah definitely grew up amongst us so what's the surf scene like up by you uh, yeah it's really good it's it's thriving at the minute to be honest like i said in the in the 90s and like even the early 2000s it was pretty small surf scene like now on a summer's day on the beach it's, it probably looks like any other like seaside town on the south coast and southwest we've got like two or three surf schools operating it's really busy in the water lots of surf lessons happening lots of people come down the beach lots of kind of like surf enthusiasts it's good but like the core scene has kind of stayed the same from them early days. Like, you know what I mean? If it's freezing cold, sideways rain or snow, if you paddle out, you're pretty much going to know everybody in the water. Yeah. So I, I suppose you must be a little bit of an anomaly up there because um, I can't even say that word probably. <laughs> um, be, because um, being like a sponsored surfer on the northeast coast must be quite rare. Uh, yeah, totally. Uh, it is. There's the there's pre- at the minute there's pretty much uh, only me and uh, another guy, Louis. He has got he's a couple of years younger than me. He's got a local surf shop up here, but he was always a sponsored surfer growing up and competing and stuff. Yeah, at the minute I would say it's pretty much only me and a few other couple of other ones up and down the coast so i'm pretty lucky like that does that mean you get recognized by like the younger kids and stuff like that then uh maybe yeah we found we found <laughs> someone in cringe <laughs> yeah a couple, a couple of times but uh yeah it's a weird thing isn't it you're just like oh what i'm just a normal guy leave me alone i just want to surf <laughs> Yeah, totally. But but the funny thing is, so I'll probably be for a pint with the dad the night before, so it like makes no difference. But uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so it's all close knit then. So where where's your favourite places to surf? Like from where you are now, obviously, like your local break, and then where do you like to travel to to surf? So if we if we just talk about the east coast, like my local break would be a little beach called Timeout Long Sands, and a pretty average beach break, better at high tide, not a bit at low tide, just like anywhere like that. But uh, that pretty much works the majority of the time. But like I said uh, earlier on, we've got we've actually got tons of waves on this coast, but they're all like just as fickle as the next one. But we've got them pretty mapped out a lot of the time. Like you kind of know where to go, and then definitely some of the places which, like anybody, I can imagine, I just love being at home and getting the best waves at home. And then 
in all honesty, I think we've got some of the best waves up here. So just sticking to the northeast, I do like traveling like within my own little zone because I know what I'm going to get myself in for. That's not far from Newcastle then, is it? No, no. So Newcastle's our closest little town, closest city, I should say. So Time Out's little town's about 10 miles from Newcastle. So it's pretty good like that. If, to be honest, all all around here, you've probably got to go maybe like half an hour either way until you're actually out in the sticks anywhere. We're pretty built up where we are. Like we've got Newcastle. I think that's why the surf scheme seems kind of taken off so much recently. Yeah, because we've got like a major city like Newcastle that's only ten miles away. We've got Sunderland that's only fifteen miles away, and then like between them two, we've got like three or four universities. That's probably why the surf seems like super exploded in the last couple of years. Yeah, and now you've just put an advert out for it, telling everyone how good time out is. You're going to be uh, inundated now with surfers. <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah yeah the instagram probably gonna blow up with a map in this, but, uh... <laughs> so you've said before your normal job is working 10 months of the year so what do you do on those two months of the year when you're off yeah i'm, I'm pretty lucky uh so like i said i'll probably 10 months is probably the most i work and it's anywhere from like seven to ten basically and i work as like a uh, lifeguard supervisor so basically managing the lifeguard service up here the other two months i just totally take off i'm pretty lucky like that but uh, the kind of seasonal work, I've kind of got used to it. I've done it since I was a pretty young age. So save up a bit more through the months I'm working to feed me habits of surfing over the months I'm not working. And where do you normally go then? Last winter, I went to New Zealand. And I actually worked over in New Zealand for the first time as a lifeguard. Nice. And then, so I was traveling around. Yeah, yeah, it was totally different. It was good. It was a lot more chilled. It was a lot warmer than the Northeast, I'm sure you can imagine. <laughs> but, uh, <Just> a little. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, no, I traveled around New Zealand a lot, got a lot of waves there. And then... On the way home, I stopped in Indonesia for three weeks or so. Living the dream. I know, it's a pretty good one. To be honest, I got the flight I got the flight out in New Zealand to work in uh, probably November. Right. And it was such a long flight. I was like, wow. <laughs> now, I kind of I knew what I was going to do. I just looked at the map on the way back. I was like, right, where's about halfway home? Oh, Indonesia. I'll stop there. Is it, oh, oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, what an absolute blessing it is to have the time to be able to do that. So yeah, lucky. no, it worked out well, yeah. But uh, winters before that, I've spent, obviously, winters at home. But uh, when I'm home, I, it's like where where we are, basically, like in the northeast, we're right about eight hours from Cornwall and about probably a little bit less from Firso, like right in the top of Scotland. So it's a pretty good place to be, like, centralised to be on it with swells. So I would go for a lot of swells up in Scotland. And uh, obviously, in the last few years, I've uh, spent a fair bit of time trying to get across the island as well not as much time as i would like but yeah we're a pretty good location just for kind of centralized going to ireland scotland or cornwall yeah well we were chatting to um peter last last week peter conroy, conroy and um i know he's over in ireland have you surfed with him over there at all i had yeah yeah so uh yeah i've met my i've met him a good few times uh he's a good lad peter like he's, he's good on the safety yeah an incredible character and well he just didn't stop swearing the whole time we were chatting to him but he could swear really really well yeah that's class i'll have to listen to that one I, I, yeah i think i yeah i don't know why i missed that one but yeah no I, i've only met him a few times yeah I can't, I can't say i remember that about him but yeah, like I'm going to look forward to listening to that one now. Yeah, no, he was, he was fantastic. He had us in absolute stitches on there, like some of the stories he was telling us of things that have happened and stuff like that. But as soon as he said over in Ireland, I thought you must have surfed together over there. And, yeah, he uh, sounds like one of the main players over there, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Actually, for the very first time I went to Ireland, I met him and I seem to remember speaking to him the night before and obviously I was with Jitri over there for the first swell. And he made 
absolutely no effort whatsoever to calm me nerves. I was like, do you think it'd be taken away? He's like, yeah, it's going to be fucking massive. I was like, oh, sweet cheers, mate. He's like, no, I wasn't just like, you'll be all right. He's like, have you got a life vest? I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you'll need it. I was like, oh, fuck, come on, man. Not just, not just trying to ease us into it or anything like that. Just absolutely, yeah, yeah. No, no, no sleep the night before. Oh, I bet, I bet that's that's terrifying. That you know, that first time of like going out onto those big waves as well, and like seeing that, and like just the sound of it alone, let alone like actually considering to get up onto your board on one of those or be towed into one of those what's that what's that sort of feeling what's that thought process that goes through your head for something like that yeah it's crazy like thinking back to our first well when i said uh when he said you have a life vest the next day i actually wore three life vests so i was like <laughs> <laughs> pretty scared but uh yeah getting into like i haven't spent as much time as what i'd like in them kind of waves or as like much as other guys but it definitely like I, it hasn't got any easier for us like the actual nerves and stuff like that it's not so much like the nerves on the dates the actual like week leading up to it because there's like so much hype around all these swells as well there's like so many whatsapps popping up and so many messages and they just do nothing to calm your nerves if you're just like wake up in the morning and be like right i'm gonna go surfing these big waves it probably wouldn't be so bad but it's just like the whole week and the travel side of it and sorting out all your equipment, it absolutely fucks your mind for about a week before. <laughs> Overthinking it, I suppose. Like on, on the ferry going to Ireland, like doing breathing exercises, you're like, yeah, I'm going to be surfing in like 12 hours. What difference is a few deep breath holds going to do now? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you actually get into like surfing big waves? So it would probably come from a, a lad from up here called Gabe Davies. You, you probably heard of him. He's, he's like a very, very good surfer, successful surfer. He was he was one of like the pioneers across an island, him and a lad called, like an Irish lad called Richie Fitzgerald and uh, Gabe would go along and then I, believe, I don't, don't quote us on this, but like they were like some of the first guys to surf like Mullamore and places, places like that. But he's from the same little town I'm from. So, and obviously like we're all just really good friends so he was like a massive inspiration for me to get into bigger waves and then like i was saying like the northeast does kind of have like a few waves of like consequence like kind of bigger slabbier waves or like long point waves up barrel and stuff like that so i think it's just kind of like progression from like you say for beach break you're going to say for point break or you say for point break you're going to say for slab then you'd be like right you'll say for slab a bit bigger or you'll say for big point break and then it's just where do you go from there do you just are you quite happy staying within them realms or do you try and push it down somewhere else? So does that mean, so when you went over to Mullimore, um, would that be the biggest wave that you surfed yet? Or is there other places around the world that you've surfed that could potentially be bigger? So probably, definitely, I got, I got a wave at Mullimore, which I didn't make. And that was probably the biggest wave I've got and definitely the biggest kicking I've got. <laughs> <laughs> they, they seem to go hand in hand with these big waves and big kickings. So, yeah. I don't seem to win on that uh, trade-off just yet. What, what happened? Uh, what, what, how did it kick you big? <laughs> Basically, I managed to paddle in this pretty big wave. I just had one like 10 minutes earlier as well. And normally like sessions like that, yeah, like sometimes you might not get a wave. Sometimes you might get one wave. Sometimes you might get three waves. But I just had a wave and I was pretty happy with it. And then this big one started coming towards us. And then I just seemed to be in the zone for it. And I was keep paddling for it. And I was like, I might get this like and then like look at me left look at me right there was like nobody else paddling for it I was like I'm on this and I was like oh shit I'm on this and then uh, 
got got this wave and then I was like, but I'm on here, like and then like bottom turned, looked along the line and just had the biggest wall. Like it just it just looked like a close out basically. And then I'm not sure whether I could have saved it any better or worse or whatever like that. But basically I just got closed down on. On like right. I wouldn't like to put a number on like a fifteen, twenty footer or something like that. Totally closed down on. But then I was like, right. Uh, this is going to be hot. This is going to be bad. And then, so I got me working and all that. And then I came back up and I was like, I've done it. I've done it. I pulled in on a massive close out. Like I've survived. <laughs> but then, of course, there was another one right behind it. And I was just right on the bowl. And it, it probably broke about 20 feet away from it. It's like a wave just equally as big. And then we've normally got like jet ski cover in the water, but the ski never had time to come in and get his and get his out before the next wave hit. So, there's no duck diving on waves like that. So I was like, fuck, oh, here we go. So basically, I just got ran over by the next wave that was like another 15 or 24 or something like that. <laughs> so, uh, the first one, which you think you've like survived, but then you know, there's just another one just to absolutely own you. So that one was pretty bad. See, I, I like that thing you said then. I'm on it, I'm on it. Shit, I'm on it. I, I've had that when it's gone to like sort of seven or eight foot, and that's bad enough for me. Uh, that's that's <laughs> uh, that's about my limit. I'm, like, I'm on it, I'm on it. Oh, shit, I'm on it. That's <laughs> going wrong. Like, yeah. Think of anything doing bigger than that. It's just terrifying. <laughs> it's crazy, isn't it? Like, I'm sure it's the same for you guys. You know when you see a wave coming towards you? And you're like, oh, it's too big. But then your arms are just moving and you're just paddling and you're like, yeah. oh, what am I doing? I'm paddling for it now. I'm like, I'm going. <laughs> and it's like, why do I, what, what am I doing, man? Why do I do this again? So I, I read somewhere that in your free time, you also do a little bit of free diving. Is that right? Uh, yeah, I used to do probably a bit more of it. It's, it's pretty good when you're working on the beach. Like I said uh, before, uh, like lifeguard supervising us, I manage it a bit more, so... Unfortunately, I don't spend as much time on the actual beach. So that probably would have been about the time when I was uh, still working as a lifeguard. So obviously you have a few spare hours a day and then, or like before work or after work. But we got pretty into it one summer, like that free dive and it's good. And then, uh, yeah, caught some lobsters a few times, but it's definitely good for you. Like anything like that, like free diving, body surfing, just gets your fitness like so high, but it's like different kind. It's like all in the chest and your lungs and being immersed in the water the whole time as well it's definitely good fitness for you yeah so that sort of brings on to a question as well what what do you do for fitness besides surfing do you do anything to keep your surfing level up yeah i do, I do a fair bit of fitness to be honest I, I kind of don't worry too much about like the whole i used to probably a bit more but like the whole breath hold thing and like actual doing stuff for just surfing but i generally keep myself pretty because I just find like you know what I mean if you're gonna like tailor your training just for surfing it's gonna like take something away from something else so if I just generally keep myself fit it's gonna keep myself fit for surfing yeah no I do a lot of running and just general cross training that's why kind of why I haven't done much today I don't know if you hear that David Goggins challenge where you gotta run four miles every four hours for 48 hours have you do it have you done that or you're you are doing it I'm starting it in a few hours, man. Oh my god! And uh, it's a uh... that I I've know of that guy um, just because they I listened to the Joe Rogan podcast and they mentioned me on there a few times and he's been on there a couple times. Uh, the guy is an absolute machine. He runs like hundred mile races and things like that, doesn't he? It's it's so crazy. Yeah, he's crazy, man. But uh, like same again as. Same idea of paddling for an M waves. I was just like, said to me mate a week ago, I was just like, yeah, yeah, we'll do it. We'll raise a bit of money and all that. But now I'm just like, oh, fuck, 
I've raised money on that now, man. I've got I've got to go and run bloody four miles every four hours. Four miles every four hours for forty eight hours, did you say? Hours. Yeah, yeah. That's oh it. my god. Well, good luck with that. That's one yeah. hell of a challenge that is. Yeah, I'll need it. If you want to come and run four miles with us at four o'clock in the morning, like I'm uh I'm uh, open to it. <laughs> I think I might leave that one. <laughs> Thanks yeah, for the yeah. offer. <laughs> I've Next time, editing. yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've got editing to do. I can't. I, I, otherwise, I'd be there straight away. <laughs> yeah. Cheers, guys. You'll be there in spirit, yeah. Yeah, that's right, yeah. That sounds just hideous to me, running running for anything. The only thing I run to is the bloody car if it's raining. That's the only <laughs> thing I've <run. laughs> like Going back to the fitness side of it, when you, like, because you've kind of learned free diving, um, and it's all about relaxing, isn't it, and, and being able to control that feeling of wanting to breathe, Obviously, do you, do you feel that's helped you with your big wave surfing? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think it was, I didn't like, I didn't do it like crazy, like Mark Healy style or like as some of my friends have done free diving courses, which I'd love to do, but I never got around to doing it. But I think it was more just like pretty much like exactly what you said, you know, like when you're under the water or when you're holding your breath, if you like start to like panic or you start like basically like I, I read this one thing about free diving where it was like, you know when you start like convulse when you hold your breath for so long and then your stomach starts to retch a little bit. Yeah. You're only like halfway through like your breath cycles then. So I think it's just kind of like understanding that. So if you're under the water and then you start like kind of like start to retch a little bit, you're like, oh, I've got like twice as long as what I just had basically. Yeah. So yeah, I think the diving and the kind of, uh, it's like, I thought like a lot of it was like trying to reserve your energy when you're underwater as well. Not to try and burn up all your oxygen and just, the relaxed side of things and take your mind off it not just like yeah. if you're underwater if you start to run out of breath not just boot like hell but you get back to the top or like panic and like wave your arms around yeah the the, re- the reason i ask not that we're ever going to be surfing big waves but um we we got invited to just before like the second lockdown i think it was we got invited to um have a go on a on a free dive course and we was you know thinking oh, it's gonna help with surfing so it'd be a good thing we could talk about it on the podcast and stuff but um the thing that terrifies me about it is you can punch it in on on youtube and see what people get when it's called a samba when, when they come up i'm sure you're aware of it when uh, they i think your body has a reaction to having oxygen too fast or something after you've been holding your breath for so long and it's called a samba because it looks like they're dancing and they're actually nearly passing out but not quite it's such a strange reaction the body has yeah i've seen that like once or twice oh, well not like in person but i've seen it on like youtube clips or maybe on little instagram clips i've never like read into it massively but yeah that looks mad that but like guys, like if you've got the opportunity to go and do one of them courses, like I'll definitely go and do it. I've got a few friends that do them. One lad that used to do one like once a year and then he like they said it was like amazing. Like even if you just go like for a couple of hours, like the stuff that you'll learn is just like will help you surf him so much. Yeah, that's that's what we thought. Like just some just some tips really, isn't it? And just to help and even when uh, even when just like your paddling to help you focus your breath when you're paddling to try and conserve as much energy as possible for when you're ready to catch a wave. So, yeah, I think we're definitely going to do it when we're out of this lockdown. Yeah, for sure. I would I would pick somewhere nice to do it though if you get if you get the opportunity. Like probably wouldn't probably wouldn't do it in like the north of Scotland or the north of Ireland or the north yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember. I remember going to the Lake District years ago. With my, well, I'm going back twenty, thirty years ago with my dad, and um, I jumped off one of the sides into um, into like a big rock pool thing there. And that instance of hitting the cold water and it just your breath and you just go, 
and you can't breathe. That's it. You're. Uh... <laughs> yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? It does, yeah. Yeah. So, I was going to say the the water up where you are is super cold, isn't it? The North Sea. Yeah, yeah, it gets get cold, uh, very cold. Sorry, deep cold. That's pretty northern as well. Uh, yeah. It gets... <laughs> What's that? You have to explain that word. I've never heard that word in my life. <laughs> <laughs> It just Jeez. means, oh. yeah, it just means very. Well, I guess, I guess the easiest form of the word would just mean very. So it'd be deep cold, <laughs> very cold. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so uh, it, gets, it gets really cold, yeah. Uh, it's probably probably down to about seven degrees. But, uh, oh, nearly as cold as the Bristol wave then. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I heard about that. That like freezes over in the winter and stuff, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, we went there um, just before the, the, it, we came out of the wave, and we had a text message saying we're going into a lockdown again or something. And so that was when was it? Late November, December? Uh, no, I think it was December, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah I think and, it was the week in between Christmas and New Year, actually. Yeah, around then, and the water was five degrees, wasn't it? I think it yeah, was five. Yeah. And it was horrific. That's ridiculous. So I've used, I've never been to it yet. I've just got like duck dive the waves of, or if you're, or you're literally just like going to jump in the water, surf waves, and then get out. Have you got to like wait round? I don't quite understand. Like how long you're in the water for? Um, so you have an hour session. Uh, you don't have to duck dive any waves. They've um, created uh, like a bit of a rip. So um, you after you come off the wave, you paddle to. They've got like a center pier that splits the two pools, which are left hand and right hand. Um, and you just literally paddle out by the pier and it takes you all the way out. And you just kind of wait in a queue for people to, to take off on the wave. And there's, there's markers on the wall to tell you where your takeoff zone is, depending on what level of setting you're on. Yeah. Uh, it's really good. It's really well done. Um, we were a bit skeptical, skeptical when we first went there, but we come away just thinking the, the place is fantastic. It's going to do so much for surfers in the UK. Yeah, brilliant. Uh, we we had a trip booked down there, uh, like a few lads from the local surf shop just here. Uh, the, Louis, the guy I mentioned before, and recently, and, and myself, we had a trip booked, but it was right when we went into lockdown, so we had to cancel it. Oh, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm keen to get down there. Like it's uh, Yeah, some of it looks like on that advanced set or whatever, like that oh, actually looks like pretty heavy on the takeoff. Yeah, like, well, it's a, it's a different, like, because we're used to surfing like beach breaks, and you know, we longboard, we surf beach breaks, and we like, you know, it's a slow takeoff, like normally Saunton. Um, slow takeoff and it's just simple surfing um, it acts more like a, a like a reef break isn't it and it it the wave sort of co- you can see it coming but it sort of comes out of nothing and it goes really quick really steep so you've got to be quite fast on the pop-up on it and get into position and you've got to be in that right position on the wave if you're a adequate surfer or above like you sound to you seem to be and are <laughs> you you won't have a problem. If you're our level of surfing, sometimes you have problems. <laughs> yeah, yeah we're, we're, loose, we're used to that kind of bump in the water, trying to surf that, aren't we? And this thing's, yes, it's quite steep. I think you need to trust the marks on the wall, don't you? Because yeah. it's not like you're picking your set that's coming in. It's all of a sudden, bang, it's there. You just need to, right, just yeah. need to be on it straight away. But yeah, After if you, the mark on the wall, do they tell you like where you've got to take off, basically, as well? Yeah, there's coloured colored painted marks on the wall, and depending on which setting you are, depends on what colour painted marks there are. So and there's like a, an area, so as long as you take off in between that area, you're might more likely to be able to catch the wave. And you just got to trust those and go for it. So. Man, yeah. it's crazy, this technology, man. It's madness. Yeah, it, 
it is good, but also the the like the lifeguards who are on the side and the people who are on the side of that session, they're really friendly and approachable and chatty as well. So if you talk to them, they are very. They'll tell you, you know, you need to be forward a bit. You need. They'll they'll tell you if you're doing anything or what you need to change about that that wave you're on. Oh, brilliant! Yeah, I'm mean, looking forward to getting down there now. You, I think they're just about guys. to. They're just about to open up their safari tents for. Uh, for holidays on there as well. Hopefully, this happens this year. They've they've had the worst first year ever because of lockdown. But um, yeah, if you if you're planning on coming down and we're out of lockdown or whatever, then give me and Peter a shout if you need somewhere to stay because we're like literally thirty minutes away. So oh, for sure. Is that where you guys are? You guys in Bristol? Are you? Not well, far from Bristol. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's about yeah thirty minutes safe. So um, like uh, Somerset. Yeah. Ah, oh, cool. How did it come about with you becoming ambassador for uh, Finister and becoming a team rider for North Core? How did that all come about? So I guess the North Core one would have came first. Uh, I'm not entirely sure. I think uh, I think one of my friends, uh, a guy called Chris McLean, I think he set us up with both these actually. So uh, Chris McLean, he makes really good uh, surf videos and like just like films. He does a lot of cycling films and stuff like that. I think he'd done a bit of work for Matt from North Core and then. Uh, I think it just started off with like sending us maybe like a few like leashes and tail pads and stuff, but that would have been probably over ten years ago now. So I think North Core was still pretty small at the time, and I was like still young at the time. So I think from them we've just kind of like, yeah, I've been with I've been with North Core like a long time, and they're doing like yeah, they do some really good products now. So and they're from and they're from the East Coast as well, so that that does help. And the Finisterre thing, so I was speaking to, uh, I was always sponsored by a company called Santa Cruz for like years, for probably six or seven years. Uh, I had a few friends that worked at Finisterre and like Chris and a few other guys, like photographers, they'd done a bit of work for Finisterre. They never really had a team Finisterre. And then uh, when they first like created the team, they took five of us on. And I was lucky enough, I was like one of them first five. It's still the same five that we've got now, to be honest, five or six. So, yeah, that was uh, that was about five or six years ago. But, like, Finisterre from then has just went mad. It's went crazy. It's huge yeah, now. It's like really, really popular, isn't it, now? Yeah, it's mad. Even, like, like I remember, like, when I first got sponsored by them, you'd see somebody in the street wearing a Finisterre jacket, and I'd be like, oh, yeah, that's, that's Finisterre. That, that. But now it's, like, just everywhere. It's good. And, like, I, honestly, I swear by the products as well. Even before I was sponsored by them, I was like wearing their coats and wearing their shirts and stuff like that. So it's good that the same as like Northcore when you're actually having like a company that do products that work instead of just like really shit stuff off the shelf that's going to break in like one surf or two surfs or one winter it's going to be freezing after that. So it's good being like affiliated with two companies that actually like care about the products that they're making and care about the reputation yeah well that's what we had with north core because uh we started speaking to them like doing the podcast and saying uh you know it'd be cool to like give the listeners a discount or something like that and they said yeah fine and we've worked out a deal where listeners get a 15 percent discount off anything from north core but the the reason we're so happy to push it is because everything we've used from them works and it's it's just good stuff it's like i haven't had anything from them i think that i've gone you know you buy something sometimes you go oh that, that'd be oh that's shit chuck it away or don't use it again everything i've got from them i use and i continuously use or later nicks it off me <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not right <laughs> totally yeah no totally man like all the dry bags and all that like if you haven't got one of their dry bags get one of them they're like the best things ever 
like how you went yeah, well, I've just got one of their um well I bought it I bought it from my partner actually um the the surf rope and uh, it the thing when it came and well, I tried it on obviously uh, and um it's just it's just perfect it's so well made yeah it's brilliant yeah now the stuff lasts as well that, that's amazing with me I like having good stuff that lasts as well and all that stuff seems to yeah is there anything that makes your surf easier is going to add, isn't it, to, to your overall surf experience and uh, obviously getting out of the water when it's bloody freezing, getting into something nice like that is the difference between you deciding to go or not. Oh, totally, yeah, yeah, definitely. Mind you, though, you fall into a trap with them dry robes that you start wearing them, like, out the water as well and, like, when you're not getting changed or just, like, letting the dog <laughs> down for a walk. It's funny you say that, actually. Um, we were talking, uh, I can't remember who we were interviewing now, but um, they live in London and they said that they were on the tube the other day and somebody was wearing a dry robe. <laughs> no way. That's so yeah. good. Yeah, funny. Just just this week up here, uh, somebody set up an Instagram account. It must be one of my friends because like, they're, they're all local pictures, but it's just dry robes where they shouldn't be worn, like waiting in a queue for a coffee shop or like in Morrison's or something like that. The Instagram account is so funny, man. Oh, amazing. So on, on that of making your surf easier and better and everything, um, what is your mindset pre-surf and post-surf? How does, how does it change? How, does it, how do you feel before and afterwards? So pre-surf, I don't know. I wouldn't really think about it. But then post-surf, like, definitely, I just feel like 10 times better, like, outlook and everything like that. I'm sure, like, everybody says. Yeah, I'm just, I just seem to be a better person to be around when there's waves or when I'm, like, preparing to go and surf and getting ready and getting all my stuff to ready i just seem to be a better person all around i'm sure it's the same for you guys is it yeah definitely it's that it's that feeling of of just totally chilled and relaxed afterwards and yeah. you know you feel you feel relaxed but energized i think it is but well, yeah we're like the the difference between like pre and post surf for us is massive like because we're an hour and a half away from a local break when we do get to go we are super super excited like little kids listening to like loud heavy metal music kind <laughs> of uh, kind of thing you know and then and then on the way back we're like listening to i don't know enya or something <laughs> yeah oh, do you always like... go to enya he always goes to enya. we never listen to enya well it's like the most relaxing example of music that i can think of how <laughs> much um... Just say, just say, how much of that hour and a half drive back from the surf are you talking about the surf? Well, it's that's normally I can take this because I'm normally driving. It's about the first ten minutes, and then sometimes he's asleep for the rest of the way. <laughs> um, we've had, it depends who's with us as well. We've had some interview where we have some like if we put a, we put a microphone in that van the journey on the way back, that would be um, a whole different podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, it is you know. I'd say often it's probably half an hour, 45 minutes back is talking about that surf we've just had and like things that happened, things we could do better, things that didn't go right. And it also depends on the type of surf you've had that day. If you've had a good session or you've had a shit session. Yeah, totally. But it's like such a good, like, like I love them road trips. or like when you're in the car, like just say you're driving like to the waves, you're talking like how it's going to be and like, I don't know, like the attitude and like the positivity is just like through the roof. And then if you go there, have a good surf, and then you're driving back with a couple of your friends, and you're all discussing what waves you had and like, oh yeah, I've seen that one, I've seen that one. Like them drives and them like kind of trips are almost just like as good as the waves that we had when you were there. Weren't they? Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, That's, it's a, it is a nice thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. totally. Surfing trips with 
are the best. They're the best things you can do, I think. Yeah, for sure, man. For sure. <laughs> so, um, what do, when you're not riding big waves, because obviously they're, they're not always there, what, what do you ride normally? What's your go-to board? At the minute, I... So beginning of this year, I got a twin fin, a little. Right. Uh, so I get I get most of my boards from uh, Beach Beat and Cornwall, and they also make cord surfboards. Cool. So Marky down there, I got a twin fin from him. Yeah, I was just like, yeah, I'll just surf at the beach, like when it's small. And I got on it, and then it's just like an absolute wave catcher machine. It's so easy to surf, like rarely. It's just like you know exactly what it's going to do, and I'm absolutely hooked on that at the minute. So like days which I'm like, oh yeah, I wouldn't normally surf. I like, oh, I'll jump on the twin fin. But then it's kind of went the other way that I was like, I should really ride a proper surfboard here. But I'm still just like riding the twin fin just because it's so easy and so good. <laughs> <laughs> it is a that when you find a board you like, isn't it? You just like, you think, oh, I'll use that for this and I'll use that for that and I'll use that for this. And you find a board you like and you're just like, nah, fuck it. I'll just use that all the time. Oh, yeah. I'm bad for that. Like, I'll just like put a set of fins in a board to like it and I'll just, I'll save like every condition for like weeks or months. And I'm like, should really swap this up and see like what else is around but yeah whatever <laughs> but uh yeah now i've just started riding a few twin fins this year and, and i love them they're just yeah you're like you, you go so fast and then you're kicking off the back of the waves like with like ear to ear grinning he's like wow, i went so fast on that wave which is like i've just rode thrusters like my whole life basically until this year so uh yeah it's nice to mix it up feel something different so you have you tried anything like with like hole displacement or anything like that have you tried any of those sort of boards i haven't no uh i've had like over the years i've had like a few like asymmetrical boards shaped and like uh, a few like eco boards made out of cork and stuff like that but funny you should say that there's a guy uh up here that's gonna make us a board on like make a board and then like a few of us are going to surf it uh, with like hole displacements on. He does he does some crazy stuff at university. That's basically he just wants to make a trial board and have a few people test it. But it sounds interesting what he's saying. Yeah, we were chatting to a shaper on it before Dom from Origin, and he's stuff he was telling us about them as well, and the stuff we didn't record that he was telling us about displacement holes. They sound absolutely nuts. Like it, like it's a whole different angle to surf it. Yeah, it's mad, isn't it? I had to use them in boats and everything like that. So why shouldn't they work on surfboards in theory? But whether it will or not, we will see. How did you find the uh, asymmetrical boards? Yeah, I didn't really massively get along with them, but I think that's the kind of problem with a lot of boards like that. Like with an asymmetrical board, it is kind of like tailored for you a lot more, isn't it? So maybe if you spent a bit more time fine-tuning them and stuff like that, you probably would figure it out. But I don't know. I just saved it a few times and then put it away. But yeah, it's it's good to go down for a bit of novelty every now and again. But like I, th- I think the northeast's pretty like good and bad for it. So obviously it goes flat. And then if you if I'm like stuck here over the summer or I can't get away through work or anything like that, it goes flat for such a long period of time, be a few mo- few weeks or even a month. When the waves come, you kind of don't really want to fuck around on something that you don't really understand or you don't know how to surf. So you'll just go to like something that you know. I think that's part of the problem with uh, especially surfing up here. Like, so like if I haven't surfed for three weeks, I'm not going to jump on like an asymmetrical board, which are like I'm probably going to have like a ru- rubbish surf on. Yeah, going to jump on something which I know. Yeah, no, totally understand that. Yeah, what what do you think of the like the surf UK surf scene now and the UK surf scene or how it's changed over the years you've been surfing? So I think I don't know whether it's just because I was like a young younger surfer, but I used to like proper froth up all like the UK events and like wasn't to see who done where and like read all the magazines and stuff like that but i think it kind of took a dip for a few years but now i think there seems to be like a bit more like a resurgence of really good like younger surfers coming through like 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 stanley norman and stuff like that 
who like would hold their own against like a lot of people in Europe. Same as like the Irish scene as well. Like you have like the Roge coming up now, and and like they're like such good surfers. But it seems like the past like maybe five or ten years, there seem to be a bit of a dip. I don't know whether that's just because I was like a super surf fan when I was younger, and then I just kind of like faded off a bit from like reading all the magazines and all that stuff. But yeah, I think like now, I think we're in a good place for surfers. Yeah. And like the surf scene just seems to be on the up and up and up, just like for any level of surfing. Yeah, I I, I think that's that's pretty accurate because I think that thing when you're younger, you want to, you know, you've got that that keenness to know every single surfer and everything about every single surfer out there and all the information you can possibly get. And then when you start really getting into it yourself, I think you, I don't know if you lose that or. You just don't care as much because you, you're enjoying the actual surfing itself. It's, it's, it, you don't care so much about the knowledge of who's who and what's what. It's just like, I'm just enjoying my surfing now, and that's the, that's the best part of it. Yeah, I think you're exactly right there because it's not like, like I faded off and like didn't surf or anything for any period of time. I'm still just like, I still like absolutely froth as much as when I was like 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, whatever. I think you just kind of focus on doing what you're doing instead of like looking like what everybody else is doing and stuff like that. Like probably my early 20s, there was a lot more surf competitions, like UK ones, like you had the night surf and you had like the UK pro surf tour and the English nationals and the British nationals. And they just seemed to be a lot bigger at the time. And like for us, uh, we had like a big competition in timeout every year. That was like part of like a, english like cup and also there was one up in scotland called the highland open there seemed to be a lot less safe competitions in the uk and obviously like with safe competitions a lot of like media hype around it so i think you automatically like hype yourself up to like read into it yeah that's definitely it, is, it has definitely changed but then at the same time you've got i think you've got instagram now which is your daily you can get more daily dose from instagram than you can from a bloody magazine now can't you really oh yeah it's crazy isn't it it's nice to hear that the that uk surfers are holding their own around europe though when you said like the the people that are coming through can really surf as well as the other guys in europe that, that's that's nice to hear that because obviously they've got more consistent waves than what we do and so yeah it's uh it's all good for the for the uk surf scene yeah definitely definitely uk and ireland there's definitely some really good surfers like the kind of like generation before would probably be like 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 the Ruben and Russ Winter before that and but yeah there seemed to be a bit of a lull in the middle but now you have some like very good surfers coming up it's pretty exciting to see I'd love to I'd love to see like a UK guy or an Irish guy go and like absolutely smash it in some big in some WQS competitions and stuff like that yeah yeah have you got any um you got any surf trips planned or coming up then that you or has has everything been put on hold like everyone else? Yeah, I think same as everyone else. I think everything's been put on hold. This winter I was I was meant to go I was meant, I had a house booked in Ireland for the first part of the winter and obviously that got cancelled and then I was gonna go and work in West Oz just over the Christmas period, just as a lifeguard again. That got cancelled and then a few like trips to Portugal here and there and everything else got cancelled this winter. But I did, I did manage to get away to Scotland. Yeah, yeah, I got away to Scotland on two trips to Faso. And then we had a good winter here, so it kind of softened the blow. But as for future plans, nothing much. See what happens. Is this the longest you've been at home for a good however many years then? I think it is, yeah. Uh, it's been a pretty crazy one. Like, we've had, like, this winter, like, we've had, like, probably, like, the biggest, cleanest swell on the East Coast like ever and also probably like a few of like the best days i can ever remember but i think we got pretty lucky this winter that we're all like locked in at home and we've got waves i think some winters it could have been like a different story where you're just sat on your ass for fucking six weeks 
not doing anything. They're cold and miserable, yeah. <laughs> we know that feeling. <laughs> so, like, there's a couple of a couple of questions that uh, we like to ask as well, which are best wave you've ever caught. Can you remember it? Yes, only because it's fresh in my memory. I got one this winter at this wave that we surf a lot just down the coast. It's basically like every swell, I'll pretty much go down to this like particular reef break down the coast. And this winter, we had a massive, massive, big, clean swell. Now it was myself, Gabe Davies, and another really good friend of mine, Danny Allerton. And then we just paddled out, and it was like probably the biggest that any of us had ever surfed it. And like the first wave came through, and I got an absolute bomb. And that was probably just because it's fresh in my mind, but that's definitely up there with uh, the best waves I've ever got. That's, that's nice to hear that the best wave you ever caught is local to you yeah totally man like yeah it's definitely special when you get a wave like that at home like we do have like i said we do have such good waves yeah but it's definitely nice when you have like when you get a day like that or you get one wave like that or you get a whole session like that at home somewhere where you spent like so much time and you kind of always remember them good days but also if you've been traveling that wave for the last 10 15 years and the amount of shit days you've surfed down there, it's really nice when you get like a really good day and you surf it well and you get a good wave. Yeah, you're like, it's about time. <laughs> ah, you're right. It's like, remember all them miles and petrol money I've put in on shit on shore days? Now you find your reward, man. <laughs> so on, in contrast to that, what would be your worst wipeout? Probably that one which I discussed earlier where uh, I got mowed down by the first one then popped up and thought I was all good until the second one landed about 20 feet away from us and ran a train through us but yeah that would be about it that was in Ireland that was in Mullamore probably last no January before last and then if you could only surf one place for the rest of your life where would it be oh where would it be that's a good one that uh so you have to you have to think about this question because uh, we spoke to Matt Adler and he's he put to this question another part is where would you surf for the rest of your life? But then you've got to think would you you'd have to live there as well? Right, got you. <laughs> uh, I would love to say somewhere like Pipe because I never got a good wave there, so I'd like just to like devote my time to that place, but. I don't think I could like live with myself living on the North Shore of Wahoo, getting no waves every day because the crowd's just so <laughs> mental. Yeah. Live there, you, you'd get the, you'd pick the times when it wasn't as bad. You know, you'd have those later or you know earlier sessions, maybe. That's it. Very true. I'd love to stay here and surf uh, the cove like that wave which I was just describing for the rest of my life. But it's not in the it's not in the right geographical place. It's too flat too often. Yeah. I don't think I can give you an answer on this one. Oh, that's, that's fine. <laughs> I would, right. We'll say I'll surf home for the rest of my life if I can take home and put it in New Zealand or Indonesia or Australia. <laughs> that's the thing, isn't it? A lot yeah. of people do say their home break. That is that is one of the things a lot of people say. And I don't know if you meant to say the name of that place then a minute ago. but uh, uh, it's, if, it's all good. Yeah, yeah, it's all good. that's all right i've got the bleep machine ready for anything that's not on uh, magic seaweed gets beeped out yeah didn't you uh, run the bleep machine out interviewing peter conroy oh it'd just be all bleeps (laughs) (laughs) welcome to the uk surf show (laughs) it would have sounded like we were we were interviewing r2d2 (laughs) brilliant 
All right, uh, and uh, where can people find you online and look you up if they want to if they want to find you out there? Uh, yeah, not on Facebook or anything like that. I'm on Instagram pretty much only because it's the only thing to wrap my head around. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> in, too much social media does me nothing. But uh, yeah, Sandy with an underscore on Instagram. It's where I am. Brilliant, lovely. Thanks for your time and. And um, I, well, I hope you get away to do some uh, traveling and surfing this year, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully I'll see you guys at the wave pool. I'm not cracking the ice, so I'll come when it's hot. Yeah, no. definitely. <laughs> <laughs> and thanks for that, Sandy. What a legend. What a lovely guy. Yeah, real nice guy, isn't it? Really down to earth, real, real easy to chat to. Seems like the type of guy that you could just, you know, get in a car and go on a trip with and just chat all the way and just like be a proper, like, nice Nice mate, you know? Yeah, I was about to say, he sounds like a lot of people we kind of know. Just real chilled and just super happy to be out surfing. Yeah, it's a common theme, isn't it? We've not spoken to anybody yet and gone, oh, well, they're a twat afterwards. <laughs> you know? No, but you don't you know, know what they're saying about us after they go off the podcast, though. <laughs> uh, oh, I've got to speak to them two idiots. Great. <laughs> yeah. But no, real nice guy he was. And I just love, you know, his, his stories about surfing in the freezing cold and that same thing once again where would you surf is lo- he picked his local break yeah well uh, no he picked his, picked his local is like town didn't he but to pick it up and drop it in new zealand for new zealand swell i think so if we could have yeah. the new zealand swell but is his hometown around him then yeah, that's kind of cheating that's not answering the question really <laughs> yeah, back on the line where is he <laughs> so when this comes out we, he would have ran his uh stupid Four million miles, whatever it is. Yeah, four miles every four hours for 48 hours. Wow. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, he, he must be pretty fit and healthy to be able to do that. That just sounds to me absolutely hideous. I could think of nothing worse than running four miles, first of all, and then four miles every four hours for 48 hours. I just, no, just, just fill me in and stuff me in a sack in the corner. I'm done. I'm pretty sure 24 hours into the challenge, Sandy would agree with you. Should we ring him and see? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How's it going, mate? You all right? <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> yeah, come on for that call, Sid. See if you still think he's as friendly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I hope he does all right, and we, we wish him all the best, and uh, he's going to let us know how he gets on, so hopefully he puts on social media as well for everybody. Yeah, brilliant. So, before we go, don't forget, head over to the North Core, use that new code of SS Podcast, and that will get you 15% off anything you order. And remember to head over to RS Pro to get 15% off your Hexi Traction Surf Grip by typing in discount code UK Surf Show. All uppercase, no spaces. So that's it for today's show. We hope you enjoyed it and we will see you next time. See you later.